girls out there? Are you ready? Well, you better buckle up because it's time for the show, ladies and gentlemen. Straight out of your sister's bedroom, it's your girlfriend's favorite podcast. Without further ado, it's the Ring Scoops Podcast with your host, Wee Leon. Welcome, everybody, to another podcast here on ringscoops.com. I'm that Ring Scoops guy, the webmaster. That's right, Wade Needham here each and every time with you. And you guys are listening uh, on your favorite uh, platform, whatever you get your podcasts. We're on anchor.fm. We're on Spotify, which is, you know, anchor.fm pretty much now, right? Because Spotify owns them. We're also on Google Podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts. Um, I don't know if I'm going to put this up on YouTube, though. Uh, the last uh, couple times that we've done one of these, it was either like a stream or we did a video and you know simulcast over on YouTube and whatnot. But I think this might just be exclusive to the podcast feed on uh, Spotify, Google, uh, Apple, and Anchor, and all that good noise. I'm recording this late at night. Um, it's 11.53 p.m., Pacific time, Thursday, February 24th. By the time I'm done with this, it's up. It's going to be Friday, February 25th, 2022. So just to, bam, put a time stamp on there. We got some news um, that I'd like to talk about, some big news this week. This has been a big week in the world of professional wrestling. Last weekend, we had the Saudi show, um, WWE put on a show Elimination Chamber out there in the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia last weekend. I enjoyed the show. I thought it was a very interesting and entertaining show. I thought the card was pretty strong. Had a lot of superstars on it, including the return of WWE Hall of Famer Lita to take on Becky Lynch for the Raw Women's Championship, which was a really good match. There were three women's matches, one of them being the Elimination Chamber match. There was a lot of women's wrestling on the Saudi show. It was refreshing to see that. Dare I say, half of the card were women. Huge difference from the first show in 2018 to right now. It has now been four years since they've been doing these shows. I believe the first one was the Greatest Royal Rumble, I want to say in April of 2018. So we're two months shy of it being four years of this 10-year deal. We're almost halfway through. So, uh, But yeah, for the most part, uh, I really liked the event. And I know I probably lost already half of you guys. Oh, this guy liked the Blood Money show. Fuck him. And, you know, hey, it is what it is, right? Four years in, we know what we're getting ourselves into with this, you know. Uh, it's well documented what well, I, myself, and everyone else have, have said about these shows. 
Um, I'm not watching these because I support the Saudi government or anything like that. I don't. But I don't. I'm not going to hate on these shows. They are what they are. They're wrestling shows. They're international wrestling shows. You you take you take them as that and just watch them as that, and they're they're going to be okay. They're hit or miss. You know, some of them are very very terrible. Other ones have been, you know, pretty good. This one was definitely in the upper echelon of the good Saudi shows, in my opinion. Elimination Chamber, I I would say, give it a try. Even if you have to fast forward through some of it, you know, or if you want to skip a match or two or something like that, definitely watch both Chamber matches. They were well worth it. And uh, the match with Lita is well worth it as well. My buddy Mac... He brought up a really good point about the women's tag team match. It was genius booking having Ronda Rousey with one arm behind her back because it masked up a lot of her um, her downfalls in the ring, if you will, for a, a lack of better term, you know. Um, but yeah, no, this I I enjoyed it. I really did. Anyway, let's get to some news topics here. Let me count these up. See, we got one there, two. Three, and we got four. Uh, we've got we've got some AEW news. We've got some WWE news. We got a little editorial comment about somebody that's in the news as well. Of course, a lot of these are going to have some editorial comments, right? Not some opinions. We'll talk about what happened and then give my thoughts on it. And then, uh, not WWE. Not AEW, not Impact, none of that. We're also going to talk about a brand new wrestling promotion that is in the works that will be coming out fairly soon. But anyway, let's jump into our first topic here. The headline is, MJF's mother responds to his promo. Yeah, a little interesting there, huh? Are we going to get a little Judy Bagwell homage going on? I don't think so. I think this is just for social media. This wasn't even like promoted by AEW. This was just picked up just by the dirts. Just by the dirts. The sheets got them. Anyway, uh, so MJF, he's scheduled to take on CM Punk in a dog collar match at the Revolution pay-per-view. So I believe, I, I could be wrong. I think it's March 6th. I don't exactly have I, I mean I have a calendar in front of me but I don't have the calendar uh, what day would March 6th be that would be a Sunday um, I yeah I don't know I, I'd have to look at it it's going to be soon uh, AEW Revolution you know there's so many pay-per-views going on right between AEW WWE and Impact Wrestling it's it's hard to keep track of these dates now that you got you know a coin flip oh man is this event going to be on a Saturday is it going to be on a Sunday some of them will put them on a Friday night so it's just hard to keep track but uh, anyway during the February 23rd 2022 edition of AEW Dynamite the heel MJ I like how they put that in the article the heel in case you didn't know that MJF was a heel the heel MJF cut a promo that was uncharacteristic as he got emotional while speaking about his past. MJF talked about having attention deficit disorder, ADD, while in school and brought up how he was bullied for being Jewish. MJF said that he was playing football 
but wanted to become a wrestler and be like his hero, CM Punk. MJF then noted that his dreams were buried due to Punk leaving the wrestling business in 2014, but MJF decided to become the best in the world in spite of CM Punk. That was the promo. I saw it. And then Punk, he came out, no fanfare, like music, pyro, ballyhoo, all that crap. He just he came out through the stage, walked down the ramp with purpose. Punk got in the ring, and he said, is this real? Is this real? Very stern, just not breaking eye contact, staring at MJF, MJF staring at him, MJF shivering a little bit, Punk asking him again, is this for real? And you can see it. You can't hear it. But you can see it. You can read lips. MJF says it's real. MJF leaves. Very good segment. All right. And it's well documented. You guys know. You guys listen to the show every week. You guys know my opinions on like AEW. I am not the biggest AEW fan. I am a huge fan of MJF. So, of course... Whenever I see highlights or I see people talking about something that MJF did, I am going to set time aside and I'm going to watch that. And I did. I heard a lot of rumblings on Twitter about this MJF segment, his promo. I dig it. CM Punk coming out, the whole ordeal, are you for real? MJF says yes, gets out of the ring, walks away. Punk is just bewildered in the ring, doesn't know what's going on. It adds a whole new flavor and a whole new dynamic to this thing because now you're like, wait a minute, so these guys they they don't like each other at this point. It's very clear after everything, right? And they got a match. They got a dog collar match coming up. And now you throw this into it, and now it's it's mental, it's like a mental ninja. They're mentally playing games with CM Punk MJF is. Because now how is Punk going to beat up a guy who admitted that he was bullied for being Jewish, that he had ADD, he looked up to him, He was his heart was broken because CM Punk left the wrestling business. How is CM Punk going to mentally prepare himself to go into a, a dog collar match and fight him, right? It's interesting stuff. But anyway, back, I'm bearing the lead here because the, the lead was that MJF's mother, well, that's the headline, not the lead, the lead was about their upcoming match. Anyway, that's journalism. Um, MJF's mother responds to his promo. MJF's mother commented on the promo on Twitter. Here's what MJF's mama had to say about this. Quote, Wow, Max, I started to lose hope that you would ever be a decent human being again. I am very proud of you for last night. You reminded every kid out there that they can be anything they set their mind to. Today I'm a proud ma. And then she tagged MJF. End quote. That's cool, man. I like, if that's actually MJF's, like, real mom. Or even if not, I mean, screw it. Even if it's like a gimmicked Twitter account, okay? This is just genius. Keeping kayfabe that much. To have MJF's mom put a comment on social media out there like that. I like that. I'm digging it. I'm digging it. I am digging it. Oh, yeah. Funky like a monkey. Okay. So, let me uh, take a drink of my water here. Okay. What's next on the agenda? Brian Cage. Brian Cage. 
the cyborg Superman or whatever it is that they called him. He come out like the Terminator or something. Um, <laughs> hey, Brian Cage, like he 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 gained a lot of popularity out here in SoCal. Um, believe it or not, um, you know you know that you know a guy named L.A. Knight that's in NXT. You know Eli Drake and Impact and NWA and all that stuff. Way back in the day, Brian Cage and uh, L.A. Knight. They were a tag team. They were called Natural Selection. Brian Cage, Sean Ricker. That's what L.A. Knight went by way back in the day. Sean Ricker. Okay. I called uh, a couple, small handful of matches that Sean Ricker had when he wrestled for the Empire Wrestling Federation uh, back in uh, 2010, 20, uh, you know, uh, 2011. Before he went off, he he had gotten signed to uh, to NXT for a little while, and then uh, he left. Did some other stuff, went to Impact, and then NWA and whatnot. Anyway, this article is it's about Brian Cage, but just a little uh, information there, just to kind of throw it out there. You know, Brian Cage, he's he's been around. He's not just this dude that just came out of nowhere and Impact a few years back, and then you know made a big name for himself and went over to AEW. This guy's been around. Um, I've talked to Brian Cage quite a few times in the past. As a matter of fact, we almost—I I had, you know—I talked to him just a little bit. I don't want to say the word almost, but I mean we—we we had discussed doing a deal where he was going to come on to Ring Scoops. Right, an idea—I shot an idea to him to come on to Ring Scoops. We were going to open up a health and fitness section and have blogs about health and fitness and and dieting and all that stuff. And I wanted him to be the face of it. Unfortunately, at the time, he couldn't do it because he is conflict of interest with other sponsors that he had to do. But he was in, he was interested in the idea. This was like 2016, 2017. This is a long time ago. But anyway, let's get to the Brian Cage news now that we got a little you know rapport out of the way there. Eh? Hey, there you go, buddy. AEW star Brian Cage hasn't appeared on television since the October 8, 2021 edition of Rampage. Cage has remained active on the independent wrestling scene, <clears throat> but there's speculation about his contract not being renewed by AEW. Cage's wife, Melissa Santos, recently addressed his position with the company back in November 2021, and Max Caster even referenced Cage's contract during a freestyle promo at a wrestling event. In an update on Cage's status, it appears that he will be staying with the company. Fightful Select, <laughs> Fightful Select, noted the following regarding Cage. Quote, Word made it around backstage at Wednesday's All Elite Wrestling Dynamite show that Brian Cage has been told, I mean, has told those close to him that AEW picked up his option year on his contract. Cage was said to have been surprised by this as he and virtually everyone on the All Elite Wrestling roster thought his deal would simply expire. End quote. Cage then commented on the report himself on Twitter, saying, quote, Hmm, not sure who I told all of this to. End quote. So, Brian Cage, a little surprised there by that article. Surprised by this report from Fightful. Uh, speaking of Fightful, a little editor's note here. Uh, earlier tonight on Twitter, it came to my attention, it was brought to my attention, that the main guy over at Fightful, Sean Ross Sapp, 
He's blocked the Ring Scoops Twitter account. And the reason for it was simply for liking a response to a tweet that he had put out. I, I, I can't even remember exactly what the tweet was. I, it, it wasn't ex- exactly flattering towards him. But he has blocked the Ring Scoops account. But you know what? Hey, that's cool, man. Everybody has the right to exercise who they block or unblock on social media. There's no law behind it. I'm not but hurt by it. It's something that was brought to my attention. And I just wanted to address that, let everybody out there know. Um, I've never had an interaction with Sean Ross Sapp, except for Thanksgiving Day, he had made a tweet about no DQCAW. Um, and reference saying something along the lines of, I remember no DQCAW having the Pillsbury Doughboy and beating up people and whatnot. And the only interaction I had was I had replied back to him and I thanked him for the shout-out. I thanked him for the plug and paying homage and whatnot, the reference, right? And then I simply corrected him. I said, it wasn't no DQCAW that had the Pillsbury Doughboy. That was CWE. And, uh, you know, still appreciate the the love support and the throwback and all and whatnot and you know he had replied back and he was he was a little uh he was a little coomsy coomsa with it right sean rossat replied back it wasn't like a you know oh okay cool my bad or a hey super duper with the thumbs up you know i would have been all right with that it was a little asinine his reply back but i left it at that and i didn't care i didn't care right he gave a shout out he had wrong information i corrected him if anybody should know anything about fucking no DQCAW, it's me. I was the voice. Act, let me let me correct myself. I was the voices of no DQCAW. The webmaster Wade Needham. Play-by-play commentary. Hey, Robert J. Spade, Bobby Spade doing the the, the color commentary. Sometimes we do the commentary. Uh, we record uh, the Wade would record his track. I record mine separate. But you know, sometimes uh, you know, we we would record it on the same track. We have a little conversation like that. Ain't that right, fat ass? Bobby, man, you always call me a fat ass, and it just it really upsets me. Hey, look at this guy over here in the sun, a snowflake. He's melting. You know, we would do stuff like that, obviously. We would edit the pitch and whatnot for Bobby Spade. So, yeah, I did commentary for that, man. I was like the guy, you know. Aaron Riff, he was, uh, you know, the man behind it all. He put it all together. He booked it. He edited it. He distributed it. I did commentary as myself and the character Bobby Spade for many years. We were a team. So if there was anybody that knows anything about no DQCW, it's me. Me and Aaron. I simply corrected the guy. I mean, he put out wrong. He's a journalist, right? You would think a journalist would put out correct information. He calls himself a journalist. See, I don't, like, I could call myself a journalist. I have a degree in communications, mass media. I wrote for uh, the Coyote Chronicle. I have actually been published in many publications. I've been published in newspapers. I've been published in pamphlets and in little mini books and whatnot. I, I've had stuff actually published before. I could call myself a journalist. I've got I've got connections to some people that I could get some news for. Nothing on the level of say WWE or AEW, but I got connections. I could get news. I could do local wrestling news. I choose not to, and I choose not to exactly call myself a journalist. I'll call myself. I prefer podcaster, blogger. 
uh, maybe a broadcast journalist because I I did a decade of play-by-play for local independent wrestling out here in SoCal and whatnot. But anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there. Sean Ross Sapp, he blocked the Ring Scoops account. That's cool, man. You know, more power to you, you know. I hope your day is brightened up by not having to look at little old me on your timeline, even though I've never followed you and you have never followed me. But you go ahead and block the Ring Scoops account. That's fine. No sweat off my balls. You keep doing what you're going to do. I'm going to keep doing what I'm going to do. We never clashed until the no DQCAW comment. Maybe that had something to do with it. Maybe he didn't like to be corrected, even though he was in the wrong. You know, some of these journalists, they got very thin egos. And in the wrestling business, I don't care if you're in the media or not, one of the sayings that everybody always says is you got to have thick skin. And that goes both ways, man. If you're in the media, you got to have thick skin, bro. If you can't take someone correcting you, get the fuck out of here. Little fucking milky liquor. Okay, moving on. Cesaro. Being reported by Mike Johnson of PWInsider.com that Cesaro has quietly left the WWE following the expiration of his contract. Johnson noted that the, quote, two sides have been in negotiations but had not come to terms on a new agreement, end quote. Oh, and look, Sappy Boy's back. Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful.com confirmed Johnson's report. Like, Mike Johnson needs him to fucking confirm this shit, right? Fucking Mike Johnson's been doing this shit since before Sean Ross Sapp was a twinkle in his dad's fucking eye. Anyway, he wrote that Cesaro rejected an offer that WWE made him. According to Sapp, Cesaro had signed a one-year extension in 2021. Because of his deal expiring, there is no 90-day no-compete clause, and Cesaro is free to be working for any wrestling promotion. Cesaro has been with the WWE since 2011, and people within the company were said to have reached, uh, reacted to his departure with disappointment and dismay. Cesaro's last television appearance was in a losing effort to Happy Corbin on the February 11, 2022 edition of SmackDown. I want to pull up a tweet real quick. My buddy Aaron Rift over at NoDQ.com had uh, put up a tweet asking for people to comment on um, Cesaro's departure. Here's what I had to say. I'll, I'll just, you know, instead of reiterate, I'll just read directly what my quote was, my response. I think I'll just, okay, yeah, it's funny because Riff, <laughs> he asked people, leave your comments on this link. And it's like, dude, you just posted on social media. Just have people reply to that. So that's what I said. I think I'll just reply to this tweet with my thoughts instead. Anyway, I look forward to seeing what Cesaro can bring to another organization. His run in WWE, while wasn't the rise to the top the majority wanted, it wasn't too bad. He accomplished more than a lot of us could ever dream of. And I I still stand by that. I was talking to my buddy, the DA, earlier, and I said, dude, let's let's take somebody that is well-received, somebody that's well-respected, that people say is an absolute legend. He's a Hall of Famer. They say his run in the WWE was, like, damn near perfect. 
the one and only thing he didn't get was a world title. Now, you could probably describe Cesaro that way. Now, a lot of people probably won't because they don't like to, you know, they, oh, he was misused, uh, missed opportunities, he was wasted, you know, stuff like that. They'll say that about him. I think there were a lot of moments, yes, where they missed the boat. But you compare Cesaro to a guy like Scott Hall. Scott Hall never reached the top. Scott Hall never got that world title in WWE or even WCW. Scott Hall never reached the top. He was never world champion in these two major organizations. And the same thing can be said for Cesaro. He had tag titles. He had mid-card titles. He won the first Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Whether you think that's prestigious or not, that's a whole different argument. But he won the first one. When there was actual hype behind it. When people believed in it. When they were going to do something with it. They put Paul Heyman with him for a short period of time. That right there is another uh, metric as to what they were going to do with him, how they saw him at that time, to put the guy like Paul Heyman with him. In the same night that Paul Heyman's other guy ended the streak of The Undertaker. Okay? Cesaro, yeah, all right. He was never a, a, a consistent main eventer. He had like one main event match per year, if that. He had a lot of mid-card runs. Intercontinental Championship, United States Championship, Tag Team Championship. He was in a hell of a tag team with Sheamus. He reinvented Sheamus's career. He made him tolerable. He made him a little bit more relevant. That's what Cesaro did. Early days of NXT, Cesaro went over there to NXT. He gave NXT some time. He gave NXT a shine. He worked with Sami Zayn. He helped transition Sami Zayn from being looked at as El Generico to being Sami Zayn. He took him to WWE production finishing school, if you will. Cesaro was paired with Tyson Kidd. They got over. Unfortunately, Tyson Kidd got injured. He had to retire. But Cesaro and Tyson Kidd were over. The bar was over when the brand split first started. Cesaro and Sheamus fighting over who was going to be the number one contender. Mick Foley put them together as a tag team. The tag team lasted for years. They got a name. They got an entrance. They got a gimmick. They got a hell of a run as a tag team with tag team championship. They had longevity together. Cesaro did everything that they asked him to do. He knocked it out of the ballpark. This guy never fumbled anything they gave to him. He never failed anybody. Of course, it was the machine. I will admit that. I'm not saying that WWE is perfect or innocent in this whole thing. They're not. Cesaro did everything they asked. They just weren't confident for some freaking reason to say, we're going to give you even a four-month world title run just to say you had one. If they would have just gave him the opportunity, the same opportunity, even for a short period of time, if they would have just gave him that opportunity, the same one that they gave to a guy like Kofi Kingston, 
or Big E or Jinder Mahal. I don't think that we would have, be having the same conversation right now about Cesaro's run. Unfortunately, he never won a world title. Unfortunately, you can count on probably both hands in 11 years the times that were perfect to push him and they never did. But I will argue until I'm blue in the face, argue the fact he was not completely wasted. Keyword, completely. You know who was completely wasted? Killer Cross. You know who else was completely wasted? Keith Lee. EC3. We'll get into all these guys a little later. Those guys, they were wasted. And they were completely wasted. Cesaro is not in that conversation. Not in my book. Nope. Not in my book. All right. Moving on to our final thing here. Wow, 28 minutes. I honestly, I, I say this every show. I didn't think I was going to go this long, but we are. We are. Go on the distance, which was a no DQ CAW event name, by the way. Joint event name with my CW League Slamming Jam back in 2005. More, more little no DQ CAW trivia for you guys. Okay. I've never called this guy by his real name, so if I mispronounce his name, I apologize. But Adam Shear. Adam Shear. You know, Braun Strowman, pretty much, right? So Adam Shear and EC3 are launching their own wrestling promotion named CYN. Control Your Narrative. In addition to Killer Cross being part of the group, Former WWE star Austin Aries. I like how in this article they refer to him as a former WWE star. He definitely made his name more so outside of WWE than he ever did in WWE. But, I, you know, Ring of Honor and Impact, right? Among other places, PWG and all that stuff too, right? Anyway, um, Austin Aries has been announced that he will be joining the promotion. Here's what Aries had to say on Twitter. Quote, you don't get to force your truths onto me. You don't know me. You don't define me. You don't color my perception. You don't create my reality. And you certainly don't control my narrative. Only I do. On March 5th, my story begins. Hashtag control your narrative. Hashtag CYN. End quote. The promotion's official website has the following mission statement. Control Your Narrative has found its purpose and is proud to announce Awakening Live, a series of live events featuring combative professional wrestling action and the real stories of those who choose to fight. Headlined by the Titan, Adam Shearer, EC3, the newly recruited Killer Cross, and other top names in the field of sports and entertainment. CYN Awakening Live is a live event under the guise of a traditional wrestling show that will be everything but traditional. CYN Awakening Live will offer a unique interactive experience 
where fans can not only meet and greet their favorite stars, but watch them do what these world-class competitors do best. It's, it's an interesting concept. It's a very, very interesting concept. Based off of that description, my interpretation of this is going to be like a mix between like you know a wrestling show and say a one-man show. Where you know, like a one-man show, you go in there and it's like you know, you get a spotlight on a on a on a bar stool, on an empty stage. The person sits there and they just tell the story. Or you know, if you've seen um, uh, an evening with Kevin Smith like 20 years ago when I got released, right? Where Kevin Smith went to these different college campuses, it's like a one-man. I I want to say symposium because that's like more than like five people, but you know, it's it's a speech, right? It's a you know, it's a speech. Um. And he tells stories. They do a Q&A and all that kind of stuff. That's what I'm imagining. I just imagine, like, I imagine fans are going to go into whatever venue they have. They're going to have a wrestling ring set up, maybe have, you know, a, a chair in the ring. The wrestler is going to come out with his entrance and music. He's the pyro and ballyhoo. He's going to slap hands. He's going to get all the stuff. He's going to get in the ring. He's going to sit down or maybe even walk around the ring. And he's not going to cut like a traditional wrestling promo, but maybe he'll tell like a story or two. You know, he'll be like, hey, you know, online I read, uh, well, I got released and uh, the rumors were, you know, I was hard to work with. Well, let me tell you a story about how I work with this talent. And he tells a story or something like that. And then like the next guy comes out, he does the same thing. And then, you know, somebody gets in the ring and says, all right, now you've heard from both these men, and now tonight we're going to have the match in this corner so-and-so, this corner so-and-so, ring the bell, boom, and then ding, ding, you you got a match between two guys. And, you know, you could do something like that, you know? I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's just a thought, just based off this, this, this description. That's, that's what popped into my head when I read that. Uh, there's a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of backlash already on this whole thing too, right? I guess, you know, some people, I guess, have turned on Killer Cross, I guess, for some of his political beliefs. And, uh, of course, well-documented what everybody thinks of Austin Aries. And for, uh, you know, some of the people that don't like Killer Cross in recent memory, because of some of that stuff, they they don't like the idea of him being part of this. Um a lot of people already don't like, you know, Braun Strowman's comments, you know, from a few years back when the pandemic started and whatnot. Austin Aries definitely, you know, he's nuclear, man. He's he's nuclear. EC3, I don't know. But it's interesting. There's a new promotion. That's exciting. It's a concept, you know, from the description that sounds like it could be promising. It's interesting on paper. I'm going to try to keep an open mind to this and see what it's like when they launch because I don't want to just downplay it and then it comes out and it's something that's totally opposite of what we all think and it actually turns out very well because then we got to eat our words and I don't I don't know about you guys I don't like doing that so I'll just wait until it happens and then I'll review it I'm not going to give my thoughts on it from a preview I'm going to give my thoughts on it from a review if that makes any sense all right, well, anyway, that's it for this edition of the Ring Scoops podcast. I appreciate your attentiveness. I appreciate if you made it this long. Thank you so much for the support. I really appreciate it. Um, don't forget to follow Ring Scoops on social media, unless, of course, you've blocked us. Then you 
showing that you don't want to follow us on, on social media that's very apparent that's fine that's cool too you exercise your right i've blocked people people block me i've blocked you you block me that's fine you know we don't have to give a reason doesn't fucking matter it's social media it's social, it's online it's cool you know um it's sometimes it gets confusing. Sometimes it's a little frustrating. Sometimes it's a little, uh, you know, wondering. Uh, okay, I don't know why that happened, but oh, yeah, fucking. Uh. Anyway, social media: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, uh, Twitch, all that stuff. At Ring Scoops, um, we got the the VR Chat Arena over on RingScoops.com. We got the merchandise shop.RingScoops.com. All the T-shirts, the masks, the pillows, all that good stuff. So check that out. Um, we're going to be doing a a live cooking stream on Tuesday, March 8th at 8 p.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. Eastern. So ch- tune in for that on twitch.tv slash ringscoops. You get all the links to all this stuff over at ringscoops.com. You go to the site. we got four big buttons there. we got a, and then a banner ad for Cinema Flare. Then we got the social links at the very bottom. we got the podcast. we got the VR chat. we got the card game. Don't forget about the card game. And uh, we got the shop. So check that out, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yeah. All right. Until next time, I'm that Ring Scoops guy saying thank you, good night, and be cool.